It'll be like mad. King George the Third. Zombie. Mad King George the Stammerer. Who let his people down so badly in their hour of need. What are you doing? Get up! You can't sit there! Get up! Why not? It's a chair. No, it, that is not a chair. That is. That is. That is St. Edward's chair. People have that carved their names on it. Chair is the seat on which every king is held and in queen place by a large rock. That is the stone of Schoon. You are, are trivializing oh, you everything. You trivialize. I don't care how many royal assholes have sat Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to you. By what right? By divine right, if you must. I'm your king. No, you're not. You told me so yourself. You said you didn't want it. Why should I waste my time listening? Because to you? I have a right to be. Oh, and I have a voice. What's up and welcome back to another episode of the Rotten Pea, uh, a podcast where four friends sit down to review movies that you absolutely should have seen. My name's Tyler and I'm here with my three best friends. I'm Jake. I'm Zach. I'm Scott. Zach, you must be pretty tired, man. It, we just ate a big lunch. And, uh, <laughs> Zach is sitting here like an old man, blanket <laughs> around his legs, yawning into the microphone. <laughs> I didn't even I'm notice. He's like a big afghan across his legs, like a knitted afghan. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good. Or quilted. I'm pretty it comfy. is like 90 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, but it's cold in here. <laughs> yeah. We keep the podcast room yeah. nice and chilly. I might fall asleep. As any studio should be. They should always be kept very frigid. Yes. That's creativity flourishes in the cold. Yeah. And so does our technical equipment, which does not do so well in heat. Mm. Mm. That's why we always keep the servers really cold. And that's why we use them as the... Uh, foundation for a house i i i put like heaters near the servers so not what i was supposed to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think that's fine if if they're still working like those propane heaters the outdoor ones but i keep it inside i think that's that's uh maybe that's why our numbers are always so cooked huh (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna go home Well, we're doing, uh, we're reviewing my nomination, King's Speech, uh, The King's Speech. I'm sorry. I'm really excited about this movie. I've, I've loved it. I've watched it a bunch and uh, I'm happy for us to be sitting and reviewing it. Yeah. So you definitely have seen this before. Oh yeah. I, I haven't seen this before. Jake and Zach, have you guys seen this before? I have not. Yeah. I'd seen it. Okay. So there's two late bloomers on it and two, uh. I would, what do we call people that have seen it? Do we have a name for it? Uh, l- losers. Early, I don't bloomers? know. Early bloomers. Yeah. No, early I mean, bloomers. are they early? Like, why can you ever we, be an early bloomer? Why are we losers? I don't know because <laughs> we have nothing else going on in our lives. We just watch movies all the time. So Jake, you're the coolest of us because no. you haven't seen any of them. Whoa. <laughs> I disagree with that. What a twist. <laughs> I knew that Zach would disagree with that. <laughs> We're no, taking no, this no, in no, a new no, direction. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. It's no. season we, two, we, Jake, right now. <laughs> we made Go to sleep, old man. <laughs> we, season two, Jake, has erupted out of his shell. <laughs> Shut up. Let me talk. You, you got a nap to take, man. We, we may be... <laughs> I like season two, Jake. He's feisty. First of all, I do want to take a nap. Second of all... <laughs> We may have seen more movies, but uh, and th- this doesn't, I don't think this applies to you, Jake, but I've never seen a movie upwards of 50, 60 times like <laughs> Scott watches Independence Day or Armageddon. Hey, Tyler has. Tyler's seen movies like I have. That's uh, true. I have. Yeah. I have. 
And you should. When you love something, you spend time with it. No, that's <laughs> true. You know what? C.S. C.S. Lewis said it. He said he can't imagine anybody loving a book and only reading it once. I think the same could apply to a movie. Totally. Are you talking to me like like I mean <laughs> I like, I rewatch like movies. Like, I just don't watch them up into the sixties. Oh, I thought that you were one of those. I don't like to rewatch movies in general. No, types. I love rewatching. Okay, okay. Movies. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't mean take to upset it all you. back. Jake. I didn't mean to upset don't you. Don't take it back, season two, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Lean I, in. Stand I, your ground. I'm trying not to upset the old people. <laughs> oh. it, uh, it's not going to come across in really the audio, wanna, but you, I did turn away from Zach and whisper that to Scott. Yeah. You really want to fight this game, Jake? What game am I fighting? This fight with me. Season two, Zach versus season two, Jake. You're not making a lot of sense right now. <laughs> I'm saying, do you want to? Do you want to piss me off? But Bummer game, summer yeah. hasn't even started. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't even. I can still yet. switch. Did I? You think that I'll I can't handle being the sad? Pianist three months in a row. <laughs> do you know what? That's not Whoa. even going to be sadder than you know. I don't know. I got nothing. We'll I was going to say me going home point, and being though. upset. What was that? We'll have all seen it at that point. You can only do it once. Yeah, but have you seen the pianist too? <laughs> Is that a thing? It yeah. will be. <laughs> uh, you're gonna make the movie, write it, direct it, shoot it. I'm gonna make it. I'm yeah. gonna it just so I, we can watch it. It's just a huge I bummer. I feel like I shouldn't make jokes about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into just the facts before we really dig into this episode. Uh, once again, we're talking about King's Speech. This was directed by Tom Hooper and written by David Seidler. Uh, it was a Christmas movie released uh, on Christmas Day, 2010. Tom Hooper of Cats fame. Yes. Nice. Do you can I, you, do I, you know that? I don't know that. I don't know who that is. You yeah, said he, it pretty confidently. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Are you like? Was that like a joke? Ask or was that a real ask? Nah, I, he directed Cats. Is this the That's same? That's unfortunate. Is that same the same guy? guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, the other guys gave this a ninety-four percent, and IMDb gave it an eight out of ten. Box office of four hundred and twenty-seven million, which is uh one of our higher grossing movies, especially with a low budget of only 15 million. I'm sorry. I just Tyler pulled up Tom Hooper's IMDb and it just says known for cats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not true. It, it, it also says, it it's also the, says known for the Danish girl, which was fantastic. Les Mis, which was fantastic <laughs> and King speech, but cats is first <laughs> cats is, it's more infamous than all of those movies are famous. That's true is uh what were the the danish girl is that a, a musical no that's no, a no. regular but Lay, Lay <laughs> that's is, a regular Lay Miz is a musical and cats that's is a, a regular split on musicals and regular movies regular i mean i'm sure he's done more than those four movies i doubt it the right. <laughs> okay i can't confirm right now <laughs> Scott, the Danish girl was the really famous controversial one where Eddie Redmayne played uh, a transvestite, transsexual. I, I never saw it. That's, trans person. That's not a musical. <laughs> we know you haven't seen it. You asked if it was a musical. <laughs> <laughs> How much better could it have been if it was a musical, though? Ooh. Big I don't know. I haven't seen it either. I mean, <laughs> he did cats, so <laughs> probably not better. I mean, he got Ian McKellen to be a cat. So. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. The knighted got, Sir Ian McKellen was a yeah. cat. Sir Ian McKellen so was a was cat. So was Judy Dench. Wow. Yeah. Judy Dench was in cats. Yeah. By yeah. the way, both you guys mispronounced his name, right? It's Sir Ian McClellan. Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay. I've n- I've never heard anybody else say that. All right. Is it Sir Sarah McLaughlin? Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> Um, once again, this had a box office of 427 million on a 15 million dollar budget, uh, 
uh, which is really good. This won uh, four uh, Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Actor for Colin Firth, Best Director, and Best Screenplay. It also had eight nominations that it didn't win. So 12 nominations total? 12 total nominations. Uh, it lost uh, for Supporting Actor with Geoffrey Rush, uh, Supporting Actress. Jeffrey. Geoffrey. Joffrey? Yeah. It's a G, not a J. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're probably right. I think it is actually Joffrey. Who? Is it Joffrey? I think. I don't know. Well, I didn't know Ian McKellen, so I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> who who beat uh, be, uh, Joffrey Rush? I didn't look. <laughs> he doesn't can, need to have every single so, fact. I'm curious. Tyler, I'm curious. Those are like different up. movies. Tyler yeah. can look it up while I'm. Doing I'm curious. The rest of these. I I'm, because I thought he did a really I good job. He was and very I would. Good. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, supporting actress Helena uh, Bonham Carter also uh, lost. Uh, they lost in cinematography. <laughs> I think it's Helena. <laughs> Helena it's Bonham. We just don't know. <laughs> we don't know anything. I think it's Bonham. Not Bonham. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just stop saying names, guys? <laughs> Can Scott do the Justin Facts every time? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm down. Uh, cinematography, film editing, costume design, original score, sound mixing, and art direction. They lost all those. Bonham? <laughs> I love it. This is also like a, a pre-Harry Potter reunion. Harry Potter wasn't done at that point, but you know we got we got all the main characters. We got Wormtail. We got Bellatrix and we got all Dumbledore. All the main characters like Wormtail. Yeah. <laughs> all the main characters. Yeah. And this is what the fans were asking for. They were like, look, I get it, Harry, you know, but can we get a Wormtail side movie? Is Wormtail uh, Peter Pettigrew? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was Churchill in this movie. Yeah. I'm not saying that Churchill and Wormtail are the same person. I, did they ever use the word Wormtail in the movies? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah I only yeah, ever yeah. remember hearing Peter Pettigrew. They call him Wormtail. I'm, yeah, I'm like 90% on that one. What What were you asking? What did, what lost that who, you were asking Who beat about? Joffrey? Jeffrey. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was Jeffrey. Joffrey. G- Geo? Geo Rush? Yeah, who beat Barbosa? <laughs> uh, Christian Bale in The Fighter. Ooh. I haven't seen that. That's a good one. I have not seen it either. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, best director, uh, Tom Hooper, director of Cats, one best director this year over David Fincher for Social Network. Yeah, I, I do have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about this movie because this snubbed Social Network so hard. Did it? Well, I mean, for it, best pick. It yeah. lost eight, though. It's uh, For best pick, I mean. Oh. And for best director. David Fincher, he's never won. So that sounds a little personally offended at that one. I'm just sad for him. So the other best picture nominations that year that King's Speech won were, was 127 Hours. Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, uh, The Kids Are All Right, Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. Wait, the True Grit remake got nominated for Best Picture? Yeah, man. It was the Coen brothers. It was super good. Uh, I, I like the John Wayne one better. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't love their uh, True Grit. I haven't seen it. But I also haven't seen most Coen Brothers films. It's not so. a musical. It's just a regular. <laughs> oh, I is don't it, know. Is, is a Western is it a, a comedy regular? or a regular? Helena Bonham Carter is also not in it. Helena Bonham Carter. I don't like, I don't like that deliberately. You said that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I've seen this movie before. I love it. I, I, I think it's... Um, just a, has a lot of heart, has a lot of feels. Uh, 
I will find out toward the end, um, but I, I'm not sure that it should have beat Social Network, but I also uh, connected with this movie so much more than Social Network. I feel like this movie has a lot more heart in it than Social Network did. Um, and so I've been super excited to, to, to review it with you guys and was very excited uh, when I realized that at least one of us hasn't seen it. Um, watching back, I, I loved it. Uh, still just the same. I, I think that I really like how well this movie is rich in dialogue. Um, and, you know, I definitely credit David Seidler with that. Uh, he, at 73 years old, was the oldest person to ever win Best Original Screenplay. And I think he deserved it. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he, he was a stutterer when he was a kid, I read. And uh, so he as an adult asked queen mother Elizabeth, if he could write this story and she just asked that it be after she passed away. And so he agreed, waited until she passed away and then wrote, wrote the film. Um, and it was on, uh, 2009's blacklist, which is the, the list of unproduced movie scripts out there. Like there's a blacklist every year that I don't know who creates it, the MPAA or something. Um, but it's like every, it was everyone's favorite script in 2009. And then it ended up being made into a, to a film. And I thought it was, I thought it was done very well. Zach, what did you think this time through? <clears throat> um, yeah, I think it's a good movie. Uh, I thought it was a good movie the first time I saw it and I thought it was a good movie this time too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I like it. Um, I think pretty much every aspect of it is good. Uh, I got a little bored by it a little bit I, I feel like it kind of hit a point of like diminishing returns for me um but i really liked uh i really liked the first half of this movie um a lot um and i, I don't i don't really know what it was that just kind of like i don't know made me get kind of bored by it but uh i don't really have anything negative to say about it i think it's a good movie jake you were a late bloomer yeah i went into this not knowing what to expect, I didn't think it was going to have as much heart as it did. I thought it was going to be kind of serious and not that engaging for me. But like, I liked it. Uh, there were some fun moments, which I was not expecting at all. Like that, the the beginning training scene that they're doing. I don't know I said training, like teaching. And she's like sitting on his chest and doing all that stuff. Um, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Like the, the whole time I was engaged, um, I liked it a lot. I think I liked it a lot better than I was expecting to. And I thought I would probably like it. Yeah, I went in uh, thinking it was going to be a good movie. Like, I knew it had a lot of nominations for things. And I think it was right there. Uh, like, I thought it was really good. There were times where I felt like it was slow. Maybe I was a little bored. Um, I loved uh, Lionel. Like, I think he was my favorite character out of anyone. Every scene he was in, I was engaged. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Colin Firth did, did great, too. But uh, I just felt less connected and engaged with him as I did with... Uh, I, I always forget his real name, but Lionel, mm -hmm. uh, the character. Yeah, I felt the same way. Um, one thing about Colin Firth that I was thinking when I was watching is I feel like I'm used to seeing him in like a like a more suave type guy, and I thought it was very interesting to see him this way. Like he, if anybody you would expect to be like a suave, cool guy, it's the King of England, and he just wasn't, and I I liked it a lot. Yeah, I I really loved. I think when the I agree with you, Scott, that Lionel Logue is by far my favorite character in this, mm -hmm. and it's a movie rich with good characters. I feel like, but Lionel is just 
top notch. I love the way he is with his kids. Mm-hmm. I love the way that he was with his wife. And I especially love the way that he was with Birdie. Oh, um, totally. Like I loved, I think like my favorite thing in the movie besides our opening, uh, like yeah. sequence was like they're at the, when they first are introduced and they're talking about what they call each other. And he just always does the most informal. Yeah. And he's like, no, this is what I'm going to say. And then at the very end is when he like gives him like the proper, like it was after they were actually like friends that he gave him called him your majesty. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was just really cool. Um, yeah, I, I agree with, with all of that, but I think the, the next thing that I love so much about this movie is to your point, Jake, the vulnerability that Colin Firth is able to like put on screen, like just the, the raw vulnerability of being very imperfect in so many ways. I feel like Colin Firth just delivers so well and it is so different from what I've come to expect from him. Like even like, I think the scene that stood out to me the most was when he was uh, like with, Elizabeth and um, Margaret. Yeah. Uh, like they were like, tell us a story. Tell us a story. And he's like, can I just be a penguin? And like, you could tell like he's so badly, like he really loved his kids and he really wanted to spend time with them, but he just, he was so insecure. He couldn't even like talk to his daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Had a hard time. Um, yeah. Had a hard time speaking uh, to anyone. Um, I wanted to also give honorable mention to Guy Pierce in this one. I thought he did a really great job and uh, it, it's kind of funny. You have, uh, um, Oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Dumbledore. Michael Gambon. Gambon. You have Gambon playing uh, George the fifth and he's Irish. Like he's, yeah, he's Irish. And then you had uh, uh, Guy Pierce playing Edward and he's Australian and then finally you have uh, you have Colin Firth, who's actually English playing the king. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought Guy Pierce did a, a really incredible job. Um, the scene to and like just the way that they capture like some of these real people and these real stories and real interactions. Um, so I was doing some reading about this movie at some point and uh you remember when they're at the uh, they're at one of the palaces and Edward is already king, but he's like throwing this party with Willis the or Wallace the uh, the American woman that he's you know having an affair with, with yeah. yeah, and uh, he he pulls him aside and he says trying to push push older brother off the throne positively medieval birdie mm-hmm. um, without the stutter. That was actually something that Edward said to George, mm. um, which is like really just, it's incredible the way that they like pull in some of this history, some of these real, very real things that, and, and really humanize not only real historical events, but real historical people and especially royalty, you know, yeah, what was the reason again that he couldn't stay king and marry that because she was divorced previously? Yeah, she had, she was going to be a two-time divorcee and I think the church didn't recognize divorce at the time, the Church of England, and he's mm. the head of the Church of England. And he was also doing a bunch of other stuff they didn't like. So it would have been like he's committing adultery. Yeah. Got it. It would have been uh for the Church of England, for the Anglican Church, it would have been sacrilege. Got it. And since he's the head of the church, like he's the Pope of the Anglican church, the king is. 
um, that would not have flown. Huh. Interesting. I didn't realize the, uh, the monarch was the head of the Anglican church. It happened, uh, prior to or around the time of the reformation, uh, the church of England split from the Roman Catholic church and, uh, the is essentially, you know, uh, Catholic people of England, you know, Christian Catholic people of England needed some sort of head of the church to replace the Pope. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was almost like when you remember there was like a French Pope and a Roman Pope for a while, like that kind of a thing. It was, it was a similar kind of a deal where, yeah. uh, except for, I'm pretty sure one of them was Henry the eighth. That's true. <laughs> that's I think he got, I think he split cause he wanted to get a divorce. That's true. Oh, that's ironic. Yeah. yeah. It, is it only the men that are the head or what is like Queen Elizabeth, the head of the Anglican church? I right think now? she is. Yeah. Okay. Queen Elizabeth would be the head of the Anglican church right now. Cool. A little piece of fact I didn't know. I think getting back to the movie a bit, um, something I liked, we were talking about um, like the relationship between Lionel and Edward. And then I think my favorite scene, I just thought it was so funny because the way he'd like not taken him seriously as King or like been very informal with him, but then he meets his wife in the in their house and then he's like freaking out he's like i and he like finally is revealing that he takes this very seriously to him and then he comes out and he's like i i don't know if you've met king george the sixth <laughs> i thought that scene was i liked that one a lot i think it's maybe my favorite part of the whole movie yeah that he kept it a secret the entire time for yeah that that was honestly that's always been my favorite part of the movie too because he's like uh you know george says like well, come on, let's go, let's go out there. He said, no, no, let's just stay right here. And he says, you're being a coward. And he says, you're damn right. I am. (laughs) And I just love that, you know, like that was, I think the moment because he had come there to apologize because Uh they had been estranged for, you know, it seems like a good number of months. And, uh, it was the moment where they truly became equals. They were truly on equal footing and they Uh were friends at that point and not, a you know uh patient and uh and a doctor yeah mm-hmm. it's funny that he was not afraid of the king at all but he's afraid of his wife he's afraid of his wife yeah, <laughs> yeah he'll he'll uh he'll insist on calling the you know the duke of york uh birdie uh-huh <laughs> Oh man. What about, uh, I want to chat with you guys about some of the other funny scenes because I feel like, you know, uh, aside from like the, the more dramatic moments, which of which this movie has a great many that are awesome. The funny ones often go overlooked. Um, my favorite, I think my favorite funny moment, and I wish that we could have included it. Um, but I die laughing uh, when he goes off on the, the cussing tirade. Yeah. I, I thought that was very funny to, to see him like that after he'd been so stuck up. Yeah. And, um, I was thinking, I was like, man, this would have been really funny if we could have used it. Oh yeah. As like our opening sequence. as our opening yeah. audio. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's a string of like 15 F bombs al- along with a bunch of other cussing, but it, it's just so funny because you like, putting yourself in the situation where you have like a member of the Royal family, just walking around your office and you're getting them to, you know, curse. It, it's just, it's such an unreal thing, you know, for a, to, for a true story to, to mm-hmm. include. Yeah. And that he just 
is such a better communicator when he's angry. Yeah. 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 When he's angry or singing or singing. Yeah. That was a, that was a really, uh, sad bit. Uh, you bring up the singing part. I, I feel like, uh, maybe a lot of the emotional beats of this movie I appreciated, enjoyed, but never like really struck much of a chord for me. But one of the bits that really did was when, um, Bertie's talking about his nanny and he can't, bring himself to talk about what she did, how she wouldn't feed him. And mm-hmm. so Lionel tells him to sing it and he, and he sings that line, you mm-hmm. know, and it, that was, that was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. That was sad. Yeah. He's like, I won't, I won't sing it. And you know, he's like, try it, try it, try it. And, and he sings and then yeah. she wouldn't feed me for days. And yeah. it's just like, Oh man, like the, it's such a stark contrast to hear such a deep story needing to be told in yeah. such what you would normally think is a whimsical because yeah. it's like Swanee river that he's singing it to. Yeah. Do you guys think that, I mean, I know that was kind of like the beginning of his healing process, but we don't really like dive back into that at all. Do you guys think that they had more sessions like talking about that? And was he like trying to get to like the source of his, uh, why he had uh, the speech impediment or do you think they stuck still more on the, uh, mechanical mechanical side of it. I don't know what you guys think. I, I tend to think that based on, you know, this movie, they didn't do that much mechanical work. Most of everything that Lionel was truly um, in his work that he seemed really like fixated on was dealing with the why. Mm-hmm. It seemed kind of like wax on wax off type of a thing. Very much. Yeah. So. I felt mm-hmm. kind of the same way where like, I it, it didn't feel like that was like, Lionel's intentions, but like Lionel was just so great at opening up a safe space to allow that to happen. And so that it, it more often than not probably naturally did, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of my take on it. Well, and it's funny too, like we get to, you know, we, we see this movie and we realize like, well, it's fictionalized for sure. Um, but, uh, one of the things we were talking about before we started recording this was that, um, Nine weeks before they started filming this movie, Lionel's grandson, Mark Logue, uh, found a box of Lionel's diary, personal diary, mm. um, and his appointment books, and over a hundred letters sent to Lionel from King George. Hmm. Personal letters. Those would be super cool and interesting to read. Oh, they would be so fascinating. I I, I hope they're available somewhere. I just found out today that that exists. Um, but it seemed like there was like one or two things that I read that Colin Firth insisted be a part of the movie, like dialogue in the movie that were directly from their correspondence together, Mm. which is really cool. So I, I imagine that they really did continue to work on some of the, the deeper, um, some of the deeper wounding, deeper issues. And, and it seemed like for, for King George, like it seemed like a lot of it was just, um, I don't mean just like trivializing, but it seemed like there was a lot of like imposter syndrome that he dealt with and Mm. inferiority, you know, to his, to his brothers, but maybe especially David later King Edward. Yeah. And I think it was funny, like seeing that because like he hears his dad talking about him and he's doing it in such a, like a, a terrible way, but he's like, who's going to be king after me. It can't be Edward. It can't be. And he's like, it has to be like, you're the only one who can do it. Yeah. He's like implying that very heavily. And then even still he comes into it and he's like, I can't like Edward is the one, like I can't do it. 
which I just thought was, I was thinking about it when I was watching it. I, that's crazy. If your dad, the king thinks you're better than the one who should be. Well, and, and you remember his dying words uh, that he said to like a servant were, was that Bertie has more courage than any of his brothers combined or than all of his brothers combined. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And he said, you know, same, it's a shame he couldn't say that to my face. Yeah. Uh, is it true that he picked the name George to go by because Albert sounded too Germanic, like Churchill was saying? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. Um, but by the same token, they all chose like monarchs always kind of not always often will choose a different name. Huh? Yeah. It's not uncommon. Like Edward, I'm not sure Edward was even part of his name. His name is David. Oh yeah, it was. I'm not sure that, you know, but I mean, that's what we end up knowing him as. Um, but yeah, it, they, they often chose names from history to be the next person. Cause I thought that was so funny. Like at the beginning of the movie I was watching and I was like, I don't think that, that guy is King George because everybody's calling him Albert. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, I guess this is what happened. <laughs> I would have only known that if, uh, from watching the crown. Oh yeah. Which, uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. That was that also was weird. I didn't connect that until after Bonham. I finished. Bonham. Yeah. Bonham. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So she plays, uh, queen mother Elizabeth and Margaret. Yeah. Like adult Margaret, which you know, is I never funny. got to her. I haven't gotten to that part in the crown, oh, so. okay. gotcha. but I know she's in it. Uh, so speaking of her, I've so I've never seen the crown. It's Sorry, pretty good. Go ahead. I don't uh, think, I think it's a show. I don't think we can do it for this. Oh yeah, we can. Yeah. It's a show. Um, but speaking of her, you know that scene at the palace where she kind of like sidles up and talks to Churchill and they have like a nice conversation back uh -huh. and forth. So it turns out her grandmother was actually best friends with Winston Churchill. Hmm. Oh, Helen Bottom Carter. Yeah. Oh, oh, interesting. That's yeah. Funny. Huh? And her great grandfather was a former prime minister. Was Winston Churchill. No, 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 oh. not Churchill. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So she's not royalty, but you know, English nobility for so sure. A hot shot. Yeah. 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 I think uh, one of my shot, biggest beefs say. with the movie was I understood way too much of what Churchill said. <laughs> have you have you guys heard listen to Churchill talk? I've never actually heard Churchill. Oh, he's impossible to understand. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. When in the movie, because it, it is widely known that he did have a speech impediment as a kid, but in the movie when he was like, you know, couldn't have said it better myself. And I used that. It's like, Churchill, I think you had a speech impediment your whole life. Like, yeah, or he was just drunk all the time. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Either are possible. Yeah. Is he just like mumbly in real life? Yeah, just like everything, every word. It's, I, like it's, it's all accent. one word, I feel like, when okay. he's talking. Like, yeah. you know when your hand, somebody's handwriting is really bad and there's not enough space in between? Imagine that, but speaking. That's how he talks. <laughs> yeah. There's no vocal stops. Yeah, it's crazy. I'll tell you what, the best Churchill uh, that I've ever seen was... Um, uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. I've never seen that either. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Darkest Hour, either. right? Darkest Hour. Yeah. He was a really believable Churchill. Mm. Very believable. Believable because you couldn't understand any of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will fight them on the shore. And just, but way more mumbly. That's how it goes. Did he know. sing it? No. no. <laughs> you, Are you I got, singing it? I, I wasn't trying to, but I might have. Oh, it sounded we, like you were singing. Can we play that back? <laughs> We were fighting on the show. <laughs> no, I was trying to get the mum. I can't, I can't 
speak that way. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, except for a little bit less like um, staccato. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I admire you for just going for it. Yeah, though. I yeah. do too. Like, that was yeah. Yeah, you really yeah. Without having knowing at I all what he seen sounds the like movie or anything. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good Churchill. Thanks. Jake does a good Brando. Let's oh, hear it. You. Let's did hear I, it again. I? Yeah, he did it last episode. Just, I can't. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Don't spill it, Michael. He's spilling it carefully. He's spilling it. <laughs> it's like very it. solid. Uh I'll, I'll bring this back a little bit. Um, there was a, I, I really enjoyed um, his small part, but Michael Gambone, is that how you say his name? Yeah. Gambonum? Yeah, Gambonum. <laughs> Gambonum. Uh, I, I thought he did a, a good job, uh, specifically the scene where he is starting to lose it. Oh, yeah. I thought he like really did a good job in that scene. It's so funny. That wasn't my favorite scene of his, but it might just be because it reminded me of uh, in uh, Order of the Fiend. No, Half, Half Blood, Blood Prince. Prince when when he's, Dumbledore starts to go senile. Yeah, yeah, when he's like drinking the... the Oh. And he's, you know, just senile and weird. And I, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't think I've seen any of those movies more than once. Oh, okay. Except I've for seen the him. first three. I've the seen Lord him quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I, you know, funny you're talking about Michael Gambon, and this is just a me thing. I could, I had a hard time looking past how much I hated him in Harry Potter. Uh, oh, because wait, really? You oh, hate him? I thought he was just the worst Dumbledore, and he even went on saying, "I believe that he's like I've never read the books, and I will not read the books. I'm just doing this the way I want to." But what, I, what did you not like about it? Oh, he was just like so like quick tempered and angry and like I don't know, just like not. Uh, nothing like I thought was that Dumbledore his fault or was that the director's fault? I, I'm not sure. I mean, if he's if he's refusing to read the source material, I <laughs> yeah. feel like you can blame him. But Did you like the first guy more? A lot. Yeah. I liked him better in Unforgiven, but you know. I I actually really like him as Dumbledore. He's the Dumbledore of my childhood because I watched the movies before I read the books. I committed to watch the movies before I read the books. Uh, I watched the movies before I read the books too. I just, I liked Richard Harris a lot better. Yeah. He was I only did. in the first one, right? First, first two. two. Oh, yeah. oh first, first two. two. And then he died. Right. Um, IRL. Rip. Yeah. IRL. D- Dumbledore died though. IRL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny thing IFL about it's fake life. Speaking of uh, watching the movies before reading the books, my mom and sister were reading them. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch the movies with them. And we were literally waiting for my mom to finish uh, The Half Blood Prince. And then we're sitting there. We're going to start the movie. And then my mom goes, Dumbledore dies. And I was like, thanks, mom. Oh, like as she was reading. Yeah, it, she was right reading it. You guys, she was then- like she was reading it. And we're like, oh, we're going to watch the Half-Blood Prince tonight. And then she, like we were all in the room. She was sitting on the couch reading. <laughs> then she just shouts it out. And I was like, all right, I guess. Do I even need to watch the movie now? I I saw all the movies in theaters and the last, you know, six of them I saw uh, or five of them. I saw at midnight and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I'm just saying me too. The, oh, like, I thought yeah, that I thought was like, a, yeah, I thought him. you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. I thought you were either mocking <laughs> him or like, Oh yeah. I remember when we no, did that. Together. Like I was just, I think more so is just cause I feel like that those were the last movies that people actually went to go see actually at midnight. Yeah, sure. Because now it's like you have premiere nights, but it's at 6 p.m., you know? I think that it's 9 p.m. here because we do it East Coast time, right? So, like, East Coast people are still seeing movies at midnight. Like, people, we would, like, 
camp out for that, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I so, had premieres at 7. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's Sorry, just early, I just keep interrupting Tyler. Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I watched all those movies at midnight, and for the last, like, four of them, uh, I saw him with uh, my high school best friend, and the jerk... The last movie, or I'm sorry, it wasn't the last movie. It was it was Half Blood Prince. We're uh, we're gonna go see it, and I meet him at the theater, and he walks up to me, and he's like, "Dumbledore dies," and I was like, "What?" And he said, "Yeah, I was waiting for you, and I went into Barnes and Noble and picked up the book and read the end." I was like, "Why would you do that to me right now?" Oof. Yeah, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> yeah, and then also and then, do it to your did friend. Did the book and the movie come out at the same time? No, no, no. Um, the but, book had been out for a little bit, right? Yeah, but I think that he probably it was just in a Barnes and Noble, you know. Got it. Like, I remember when the book first came out because we were in high school, I think. Yeah, and I remember I had a couple friends that were into reading and Harry Potter, and they had read it, and they had like told me, like thinking it was going to be this like, like they were going to get you. Yeah, and I was like, okay. <laughs> What's the Dumbledore? (laughs) And then their friend who they purposely didn't tell because they knew like spoilers were a bad thing. Like, and they were about to read it themselves. I was like, oh, so-and-so told me that Dumbledore dies. (laughs) You ruined it. (laughs) So I ruined it for them. And they're like, why would you say that? And I was like, he did it to me. Scott's (laughs) Scott's big on ruining things that he hasn't even experienced himself. Yeah. Big fan uh, of spoilers. If I can tell. That's a little allusion to the future in a few weeks. Should I save that? Yeah, save it. All right. So, uh, I I really liked Gambone in this movie though the the scene in particular that I really liked him in that uh, I mean I, I hated him but but I I thought he did a great job was when uh, he's trying to get Birdie to read the speech and he's just dogging him and yelling oh, at him that. like it was so awful it was heartbreaking and it started like I I didn't I almost didn't catch it but he he looked at him when he got up he's like it's easy if you know how to do it yeah like, Oof, this is gonna be bad oh yeah it, it was just rough it was really really rough I loved um I loved toward the like I guess the end the the final sequence um I loved how th- like uh you see uh, while he's giving that final speech, I love how Lionel's like working with him through it and like doing the exercises for him, like, you know, rocking back and forth on his feet and like in a pause and he's, you know, cussing, like mouthing cuss words at him and, you know, to help coach him through it. I thought it was so beautiful and powerful and, and just such a, a display of trust for King George. You oh. know what I mean? To have him there with him. And I think the, the one of the things I found weirdest in this movie was immediately after that. And I understand why they were doing it because he had such a problem speaking, but he, he walks out of tell, like giving his first wartime speech and like, hey, this is going to be a rough war. And then it was like, congrats, man. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like clapping. And I, I feel like that should have been a much more somber room. Yeah. Everyone's clapping. Sublime. Absolutely sublime. Well, we and don't then, have to fight in this war. And then across the world at all the radio stations, they're all cheering too. It was just yeah. like... <laughs> Like, I yeah. also don't like understand the importance of this speech when the king has no real power. Well, and that's what what he's uh, you know one of the points when he's really at his lowest, scenes breaking down, where he's like, "What? What's 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 my function? What's my point? I can't do anything, but yet everyone expects me to be the calming voice. Like, why?" Uh, and I think it's funny that uh, 
that Colin Firth is delivering this line because he is British, he's English, and he's actually a Republican, which the Republican Party in England are advocating for the end of the monarchy, Mm. the abolition of the monarchy. And so it is, I mean, you know, it is a little bit ridiculous. It is a little bit silly that... How is it with the monarchy? Sorry, this has nothing to do with the movie and all to do with just the monarchy. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) The monarchy of England. Of England. How do they have money? Do they still get to tax people? Like, do they get money from the government? Or is it just their very wealthy family? They have property that the government rents from them and it's super high value and they they get it. I'm sure they get money from the government. Got it. Just have a ton of money. So the government pays them in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they, <clears throat> if I were, if I were British, I would have no problem with the Royal family being as wealthy as they are for how like under a microscope they all are. Like none of them can lead normal lives. Like this is a, this is a lose lose for everybody. You know, like what was the, the recent, uh, Oprah interview with, uh, Oh, I always forget their names. Harry and Megan. I was going to say Harry. Harry. I was going to be right for one time and I didn't do it. And what was she like? She was talking about how like she was getting like prejudiced against uh, just for being darker skinned. Like they were like, oh, we can't have someone in the royal family that isn't like pale. Yeah. That that doesn't look Anglo Saxon. It doesn't look a little bit anemic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, I think they were all already. They were like, uh, we don't know about this hairy guy in the Royal family. Cause he smiles too much and he doesn't want to marry his direct cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry is Elizabeth's son or Elizabeth's son, son, grandson, yeah. grandson. She's that old that her, her grandchildren are grown, but she's still queen. Who's next in line to Elizabeth? Philip. I thought, isn't Philip the one that just died? Yeah. He would have been the next in line. <laughs> So now I guess it would be uh, William. William, I think, is the older. Yeah, Harry's the younger. It would be William. Huh. Yeah, but people don't like William. I think that's why people think that she hasn't abdicated yet. How, how do you know so much about the the English monarchy? I was in England and we got to visit Buckingham Palace because oh, the queen, right. the queen wasn't you, yeah. uh, the queen wasn't in, and so they taught they told us a lot about the monarchy because we got to take a tour of Buckingham Palace. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess that you don't always get to do it. It just is like, oh, if the queen's not here, then go oh, then for you it. can. Well, yeah, that's pretty. That's actually really cool. Yeah, was it nice? Yeah, it was pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah. if you had the chance, would you live there? It was. Um, I don't. I don't know if this is too crass to say on the podcast, but it's the nicest place I've ever pooped. <laughs> you pooped there? I pooped there. Nice. Yeah. Do you? Uh, did Most you people ever... can't say that. Yeah, I know. I was pretty thrilled. Do you still have the places I've pooped app? Uh, no, but I did drop a pin on that app in there. You should have tried to clog the toilet. Oh, I should (laughs) have. I mean, it's a far, far cry from any toilet that the queen would be using. No, but Do you think there was any royalty that ever used that same? Absolutely not. It it was the, it was the trough that they let the commoners (laughs) use. Wait, it was a trough? It wasn't a trough. (laughs) He's just being hyperbolic. Got it. It was a little trough. Yeah. There was no walls. I had to squat next to somebody else. <laughs> That's what I was envisioning. I was like, this just, you know, like at like, like a, a urinal game, trough. Yeah. yeah. Urinal trough, like just a bunch of dudes <laughs> yeah. like yeah. next to each other. That'd be funny. 
<laughs> I don't think that would be that funny. No, that would be disturbing. How do you flush a trough? <laughs> I think they should just do that now. Hey, I'll write Liz. You can, like, know. the queen's not here. You can. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Write Liz. Liz and uh, Donnie are pretty good friends. Donnie? Danny. <laughs> you forget his name, huh? Oh, sorry. That was uh, for uh, something else. For Donnie Donald Darko. Sutherland? I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> My stomach hurts. <laughs> Donnie? <laughs> Donnie Sutherland? <laughs> You're hanging out with Donnie and Danny? Yeah. <laughs> or do you just not know Danny's name like you don't know Bono? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we've been more estranged recently, so... <laughs> Ever since you, like, doxed him on the pod that you're... Yeah, sometimes I like to say his name wrong just so he knows I don't really care about him. Got it. It really hurts his feelings. Danny's yeah. going to text him when this comes out. He's like, it's kind of... You know it's not Donnie. <laughs> He's like, all right, Don. <laughs> Whatever you say, Fred. Uh, man. Well, before we get out of here, what uh, what worked for you guys in this movie? What didn't work? Everything with Lionel was great. Yeah. Everything else was I was okay with. Yeah, I didn't think I had any like. Um, I didn't think I had any actual problems with the movie. Uh, there were some parts that were less good than like I really liked everything with Lionel and specifically them together. I liked uh, George a lot. I know that everybody loves Lionel, but um, I might have liked him a little better. Yeah. Honestly, um, but no, I liked I liked it a lot. Yeah, same here. I I would agree with what you guys just said. I don't really have anything else to add. I think Peter Pettigrew should have got Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> they <laughs> read fun. Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's funny. He got a lot of heat. Uh, this was the second time that he's played Churchill in a movie, um, but he got a lot of heat for for his performance. That like it it wasn't very good, and it also uh, the writer got a little bit of heat because it wasn't very true to Churchill. Um, on a couple of points, like in particular, uh, like we see Churchill like sort of saying like, yeah, Edward shouldn't have been king and, you know, I'm glad you're here kind of a thing. But in fact, Churchill was Edward's biggest supporter, wanted him to stay on the throne and did not mm. want George to take over. Really? Interesting. Yeah. So like it was one of the very few things that was very not true to history. Uh, the thing I was just thinking about, the one scene that I that I think felt super flat for me was when the prime minister resigned because he would been, he'd had like, two minutes of screen time and then all of a sudden he resigned and then like George was kind of freaking out and I was like, what's, what's the big deal? I don't even know this guy's name. Yeah. We don't care about him at all. <laughs> and he didn't even really matter that much in history, to be honest. He wasn't like that big of a prime minister. Yeah. I honestly, I can't think of his name right now. When else did a uh, worm play Churchill? Uh, it was a uh, BBC. World War II. B <laughs> <laughs> oh, IRL. He played IRL. Yeah. You got it. He was a Churchill stand in. So he would show up at events and be Churchill. He's actually really old. <laughs> he, like Dan, is immortal. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Being uh, a rat will do that to you. <laughs> Being a rat? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it was a BBC movie. It, yeah. it wasn't anything when I was reading about it that I had ever even heard of. Um, but yeah. Uh, well. What do you say? Let's spin up the servers. Let's do it. Actually, instead of Jake doing it this time, can Zach, can you spin up the servers this time? Sure. You have to get the clickiest, clackiest keyboard. 
there's not enough clicky, there's not enough clicky clacky keyboard you guys this server thing like i i do the fans really think this server banter is all that great probably not yeah. i don't know we'll we'll throw something in the uh we'll throw do you something want us on, to keep talking about the servers we'll throw something on instagram do you think anyone actually gets this far into the episode <laughs> yeah. Dan, i think so Dan, I know that Dan gets to the end because that's when I talk about him dying and that he texts me about it. <laughs> How old is he? 90? <laughs> I think. All right, Scott, what what uh, what would you give this movie? I'm going to rate this one 8.4. All right. I'm going to give this movie an 8.6. I'm going to go right in the middle of that at an 8.5. And Zach. I'll give it an 8. All right. Just as a reminder, the other guys gave this a 94%. IMDb gave it an even 8. And this best picture winner is an 83 on Rotten Potatoes. Uh, So we ended up rating it just a point below Vertigo Mm. most recently. Yeah, it went to the 16th spot. Vertigo's in the 15th spot on our all-time list. Wait, uh, did something? I thought you said Vertigo was the 14th spot when we did it. Did something just beat oh. it? Godfather. I oh, mean, God. pushed it down because oh, okay, Godfather okay. was 12. God, Godfather. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, next week we're gonna do another classic Jake pick. I oh, it's uh, this is a classic Jake pick. I actually watched this movie on Tyler's recommendation, oh. but it is uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Cuckoo's cuckoo. Cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Yeah. I I, was, I always want to say cuckoo, but and then I remember it was spelled cuckoo. Yeah, um, why watch it? Why does it? Why is it spelled that way? Don't know. It's how you spell cuckoo. It's one flow over the cuckoo's nest. Okay. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought you were, like, you were joking the whole time. I was like cuckoo, cuckoo. I, I thought, don't know. I thought you were like pulling a Scott and like intentionally mispronouncing. I it. would love it if I, that's what I was doing right now. Well, we'll just <laughs> pretend that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just was making fun of me. Yeah. <laughs> Super. Nice we'll burn on Scott. Yeah. Burn me. Yeah, let's just cut some of that out. How are you going to recover, Scott? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's going to go need to lie down. Probably just going to have to go fly over a cuckoo's can, nest. Can, can That's Scott, all you can do. You got to fly w- over one of those Can things. Scott borrow your afghan to take a uh, nap? <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, you're going to need it. I need some rest from all that burn I just had. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, guys, I just want you to know that this has been so great, but 